When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 29 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your heist, Leroy Luna, host. I'm your host, Leroy Luna, and I'm coming at you straight out of my closet with a tale about a failed robbery. Stick em up! This episode promises to be a banger. I don't even know what that means, to be honest. Sounds cool when I say it, though. I gotta thank Malicious Mom, great name. She inspired me to do this one. She messaged me on Instagram and said, I have an idea for an expansion of your pod. Stupid criminal stories. There are tons of them out there, and you would be great to narrate them. My initial reaction may have come across as a little bit dickish. I said, I thought I was already dealing with stupid criminals. Then after giving it some thought, I realized, nah, it's usually just strange people doing strange things, isn't it? So yeah. Dumbass criminals. I'm on board for sure. I looked up dumb criminals the other day, and yeah, there are definitely lots. And today, we'll be covering a couple of them. I even hesitate to call these guys dumb. They had the right idea, just poor execution, perhaps. That may be a better description. Eh, poor game plan, too. Okay, maybe they are dummies. Maybe I'm a dummy. Either way, let's carry on. I'm going to butter you all up with a joke before we get into it. This one doesn't come in from a listener. I found this one on my own from a site called upjoke.com. And it goes a little something like this. Three robbers break into a bank. But when they open the safe, they only find boxes. Damn it. So one robber opens a box and finds cups full of yogurt in it. He tells his partners, Hey, we didn't find any money, but at least we got something to eat. So they gobble it all up and leave. The next morning... The fellas are reading the local newspaper, and they are disgusted when they read the following headline. World's largest sperm bank. Robbed. Oof. That's a tough one to swallow. Alrighty then. You know what that sound means. Let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. Don't worry, my friends. I promise to get you back home with your credit cards, cash, condoms, ketchup packets and whatever else you got going on there in your purses. Excuse me, that's 
episode number 29, Brain Dead Bandits. I don't think I'd ever have the balls to rob a bank, but it's one of those scenarios that is always fun to play out in your head. Could you get away with it? How would you go about it? I read somewhere that the average takeaway from a bank robbery is only about five grand or so. That sounds pretty low, but actually makes sense. The huge paydays require a lot of time and preparation. A crew, a getaway driver, guns, hostages. You gotta get someone to open that safe. It's complicated. Most robberies are simple, quick, in and out, and performed by only one or two desperate perpetrators. Even with those quickies, the teller could slip in a tracking device or a die pack with your money. And bank robberies almost always make the news. Too high profile. Not worth it in my eyes, unless you're going for that huge payday. I'd be much more comfortable knocking off a convenience store for some quick cash. But not one of those family-owned mom-and-pop shops, where the old lady behind the counter grabs a shotgun and tries to blow my brains out over a few hundred bucks. Nah, I'm talking about a large retail chain like a 7-Eleven or Circle K. I go to this one on my way to work occasionally around 10.30pm, grab a Mountain Dew or a Red Bull and a chocolate bar. There's this lone college-age dude working there, probably making minimum wage. He always seems disinterested and would be the perfect victim for a rapid robbery. That guy ain't trying to be a hero. He'd fork over that dough in a heartbeat, and I'd be long gone by the time he called the cops and they arrived on the scene. The only problem would be getting identified by the cameras. And hey, we've been required to wear masks in all businesses for the past six months in my town, so there's that taken care of. It's actually illegal to stroll into a convenience store or a bank. I can't walk into a bank without wearing a mask right now. What a strange turn of events that is. You'd draw less attention to yourself wearing a balaclava than you would showing off your naked face in there. Unbelievable times. Anywho, this has all been hypothetical talk so far. Like I said, I don't think I'd have the balls to commit a robbery. So let's catch up with some gentlemen who do. And did. Okay. Our story takes place in Fairfield, Connecticut. Let's hear a little bit about Fairfield. Here's a brief description from fairfieldct.org. They say, Fairfield is a charming, thriving town featuring five miles of shoreline on the Long Island Sound. Fairfield has more than 61,000 residents but maintains a small town feeling. Diverse neighborhoods with their own character and flair, top-notch neighborhood-based schools, and many active civic associations. Beaches, marinas, parks, open space, and plenty of shopping and fine dining, all within 50 miles of New York City, make Fairfield a top community in the Northeast. Sounds like a beaut. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's why I didn't. Some notable celebs from Fairfield include actress Meg Ryan, known for hits such as When Harry Met Sally and You've Got Mail. And actor Justin Long from Jeepers Creepers, Waiting, Dodgeball, and his hit podcast Life is Short, which I listen to religiously. Love it. A couple of Hollywood sweethearts were born and raised here, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Every town or city has a gritty side, a sinister side they fail to mention in brochures. That's why I rely on NeighborhoodScout.com to give us the straight goods. Hit us with the baby. Fairfield gets a 39 on their crime index, meaning it's safer than 39% of U.S. cities. Chances of becoming a victim of a violent crime in Fairfield are 1 in 2001, 
as opposed to one in 545 in the state of Connecticut. So not bad as far as that goes. There will be no violence in this crime today, but the threat is there. The wannabe bank robbers in this story live in the neighboring city of Bridgeport. So they got one thing, right? Don't shit where you eat. If you're going to rob a bank, don't hit up the one down the street. But along with glimpses of brilliance, their plan also includes downright stupidity. The partners in crime are Albert Bailey, who is 27, and he recruits his little cousin, who is 16 years of age. We will not be naming him, as he was an impressionable youngster at the time, and fell under the spell of Cousin Albert, the brains behind this get-rich-quick scheme. This ain't Albert's first rodeo, either. In fact, he just recently got out of jail and was still on probation for his previous crime. He served seven years in the slammer for an attempted heist at the People's Bank in Bridgeport, located on Madison Avenue. So we can see how 16-year-old Cuz thinks Albert's a cool dude, when in reality he's probably not. But he has seen some things. Already has a bank robbery under his belt and has served some hard time. No doubt he had some stories to tell his little Cuz. I remember I had a friend who went to jail for a few months one time, and my pals and I bombarded him with questions when he got out. We wanted to know what it was like. Did you sleep on the top bunk or bottom bunk? Did you drop the soap? What was your roommate like? How was the food, etc.? Anywho, here is how Albert's original robbery went down. He worked alone, and I gotta give him points for creativity. He didn't just go in there with a gun demanding money. He strolled into the bank armed with a big envelope, a note, and a large bulge in his pocket. His coat pocket, not his pants. Get your head out of the gutter. The note said to fill the envelope with $50,000 in cash, and he also notified the teller that bulge he had was a bomb. When Albert received his money, which I'm assuming was significantly less than 50 G's, hard to put that kind of scratch together that fast and throw it in an envelope, he was arrested right away. Didn't even make it out of the parking lot. When police frisked Albert, he didn't have a bomb on him, but he did have a circuit board with some wires. Albert came up with this lie that he was actually kidnapped by some guy who placed what he thought was a bomb in his pocket and threatened to blow him up if he didn't rob the bank. Albert later admitted that was all a lie and he pled guilty to the robbery. There's a popular documentary on Netflix called Evil Genius. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. It was much more elaborate than this, obviously, but a pizza delivery guy named Brian Wells is forced to rob a bank with a bomb around his neck. That didn't end well for him. Spoiler alert. It did make me think, oh, Albert just attempted to copy that incident in some kind of half-assed manner. Funnily enough, is that a word? Strangely enough, Albert committed that robbery on July 8th, 2003, and the collar bomb or pizza bomber case from Evil Genius, that madness went down on August 28th, 2003, a month and a half later, so who's copying who now, mother effers? Regardless, we're going to fast forward to 2010, and we'll do that after this short break. Alright, listen up everybody. You know me pretty well by now, which means you know I'm a sucker for delicious food. I love eating it. Heck, I even love talking about it. That's why I'm proud to have Green Chef as this week's sponsor for the show. If you're anything like me, you want to eat healthy, but it's cheaper to just grab that greasy, unsatisfying cheeseburger instead. Well, not anymore. Green Chef's got you covered. They make eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier, there's a wide variety of recipes to suit any diet or preference. Now, you're probably thinking, but Leroy, 
I just don't have the time, man. And I'm all thumbs in the kitchen. Don't worry about it. With Green Chef, ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. They do all the hard work for you, so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. They're sending me a free meal in the mail as we speak, and I'm super pumped about it. Because I'm telling you, their entire menu looks divine. I hope to get the Cuban chicken with chimichurri, sautéed black beans, and red bell pepper with toasted pepitas. Not sure if I pronounced all that right, but I just drooled all over my table. <sighs> Listening to this show comes with a lot of perks, but now here's another one. Go to greenchef.com slash 90excuseme and use code 90excuseme to get $90 off, including free shipping. Once again, go to greenchef.com slash 90excuseme and use code 90excuseme to get $90 off, including free shipping. Well, I assure you, this is all completely legal. With a deal like that, you're going to walk away feeling like a criminal. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. And now, back to the show. Albert has now served seven years in prison and did not learn his lesson. He stewed in jail, likely mulling over what went wrong in his first robbery attempt. He had a long time to come up with a better plan, a foolproof one. So this should be good, right? Well, let's get into it. The date is Tuesday, March 23rd, 2010, and it's around 2.30 in the afternoon when the People's United Bank on Stratfield Road receives a strange phone call. It's Albert, and he says, quote, I want $100,000 in large bills and no die packs. I will be sending someone into the bank to get the money. Don't call the police. We are monitoring the police scanner. Do you understand? Police later said Albert got aggressive on a few occasions, saying, quote, We are not afraid to take hostages and to turn the place into a bloodbath. End quote. Albert is coming in hot. He has a partner now, so he doubled his cash demands from 50000 to 100000 There's also inflation to account for. This strategy is obviously something you don't hear every day, if ever. The bank robber is calling the bank ahead of time like they're ordering a damn pizza. Albert's not the biggest idiot, but he clearly doesn't think things through. He realized from his other robbery that it takes time to get all that dough together. So I guess rather than standing in the bank waiting for the money, he thought it'd be more efficient to give them notice. Get that ball rolling so he can then send his cousin in to get the money, and they'd be in and out, no fuss, no muss. It would be all neat and ready for them in a to-go bag, like you'd get when you order from a local restaurant. So that's what happened. Albert parks the car nearby in a condo parking lot. The Dogwood Condominium Complex, to be exact. Ruff, ruff. He then sends young Cuz in to get that money. He strolls in and sets down a briefcase on the counter without saying a word. Albert calls the bank again, speaking with a female supervisor. He's pulling all the strings from the comfort of his car like a boss. He tells her, quote, Don't make a scene, because we will take hostages. The teller then starts filling the briefcase with cash. Okay, let's pause for a moment. Time out. This sounds like things are going surprisingly well. Albert gave the tellers time to get the cash together. I mean, he doesn't even have to set foot in the bank either. He's got his cousin to do that. It's perfect. Well, not really. Because I've only been telling you things from Albert's end. So let's get the full picture here. Obviously, as soon as the bank received that first phone call, they notified the police and units are on their way. 
One of the employees stayed on the line with police, giving them a play-by-play of what was going down. Cops also told the employees to lock the doors of the bank to keep the robbers out, which they did, but not before Albert's cousins slipped in there. So little cuz gets all that money in his briefcase. It's a little less than the $100,000 they demanded. Okay, a lot less. It's a measly $900. It's pretty ballsy of the teller. She could have at least put together more than that, especially knowing police were on their way to stop these guys. Maybe she pulled that trick where you give them stacks of ones with a single $100 bill resting on top. She also slips a dye pack in there. Wow, these guys are getting no respect. They are not following Albert's orders very well at all. Well, it shouldn't be that surprising. When I get my McDonald's, they usually find a way to mess up that order as well, so why should this be any different? After he gets all that cash, little cuz then nicely asks to be let out of the building. The employees comply and young cousin gets out of there. Freedom, baby. Imagine how badass he must have felt walking out of those doors with a briefcase full of cash. What a rush. But that feeling of euphoria would have been short-lived, because just as he exits the building, an officer pulls up and tells Al's cousin to stop. He then bolts over to the car. He makes it to Albert in the vehicle. But at that point, more police show up, guns drawn, and they don't even make it out of the parking lot. Yet again. They are forced to surrender. Albert is 0 for 2 in his quest for bank robbing success. The wannabe thieves are taken into custody without incident. Oh, and I should add, when Albert's cousin threw the briefcase of money on the ground, the dye pack went off, making that $900 completely useless. Even if by some miracle the guys pulled this off, they would have been left with a whole lot of nothing. When police checked Albert's vehicle, they did find a police scanner and a couple walkie-talkies, so he wasn't totally bluffing. Not about the police scanner part, anyway. The men didn't have any weapons, so the bloodbath part was never an option. Just Albert flexing over the phone. You know how it is. Police found this robbery attempt to be quite amusing. So let's get some quotes. Here's what Sergeant James Perez, Fairfield Police Spokesman, had to say about the crime. You can't make this stuff up. They literally called the bank and said to have the bag of money ready on the floor because they're coming to rob the place. And then they actually show up as the police were rolling in. I would classify these individuals as not too bright. They should have spent time in school instead of trying to rob a bank, end quote. And we also have Detective Lieutenant Michael Gagne of the Fairfield Police Department who chimed in saying, quote, I've heard of drive-up robberies where they rob the bank via drive-up windows, but I've never had somebody call ahead and say, get the money, we're coming. We were all kind of cracking up with the call-ahead aspect of it. Definitely an unusual technique. End quote. As amusing as this robbery attempt was to police and journalists alike, a crime was committed here, and a serious one at that. The men, well, man and boy, were originally charged with first degree robbery and first degree threatening. Albert's 16 year old cousin was sent to a jail for juveniles. Juvie. Unfortunately, I'm not sure for how long. Couldn't get that info. It was kept pretty tightly under wraps him being a young offender and all. I sincerely hope he just received more of a slap on the wrist, a scared straight type situation, where he gets a taste of what jail life is like, but is given a second chance. Albert clearly was the one pulling the strings and potentially bullied the kid into it. Albert didn't even leave the comfort of his car for this robbery. He likely used his cousin's age to his advantage, kind of throwing this naive young man to the wolves. It's hard not to feel bad for the kid. Now let's get to Albert, who is in a bad spot here. 
This was his second robbery offense. He was on probation, too, so he violated that. Not good at all. Albert was all set to go to trial when he had a change of heart. He decided to plead guilty to harassment, conspiracy to commit robbery in the second degree, and being a persistent, dangerous felony offender. He did this in exchange for a sentence of nine years in prison. Yikes. Seems harsh. I know you get significantly more jail time when you use a gun, for instance, in a robbery. He didn't technically use any weapons in either of his attempts. But the threat of weapons, perhaps, is just as bad. Faking a bomb and making violent threats over the phone is pretty extreme when you really think about it. I've seen people commit numerous successful robberies and receive much less time, though. Must have had good lawyers. Albert is now a free man, and hopefully he used that time in prison to work on himself and not another harebrained scheme to get his hands on some easy money. Because if he does this again, three strikes and you're out. I imagine the penalty will be even stiffer. Albert and I are the same age, 38, and at this point in his life, he's lived 16 years of it behind bars. It's almost half his life. Crazy. My pretty ass wouldn't even last 16 days in there. Uh, He's still young enough to try and turn it around, though. I'd imagine job prospects are slim at best. It's tough out there, especially for an ex-con. I will say one positive thing about Albert. He's got one heck of an imagination. Sure, his unorthodox robbery attempts have landed him on many online lists of dumb criminals, but I don't think that's an accurate description of this man. Yeah, he's pretty bad at robbing banks, there's no denying that, but I think we can all give him props for creativity. He could use that imagination to write a screenplay, a goofy bank heist movie. I think he'd have a winner. He could put his energy into entertaining, and instead of committing these crimes, just write about them, and live vicariously through the characters involved. I'd watch a flick about his own escapades, to be honest. Or he could write an autobiography and talk about the planning and execution of his robberies, his time behind bars, etc. Maybe he could talk to youths and become a strong example of why crime doesn't pay. Heck, he can even start up a podcast. If I can do it, anyone can. There's always possibilities out there, so let's hope he doesn't give up on himself and fall back into old habits. Because if Albert attempts another bank heist and fails, the only thing he'll be robbing is himself. Of his freedom. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 29, Brain Dead Bandits. There are so many stories of botched robberies out there. It's definitely a topic we'll be revisiting again and again. I love it. As usual, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. All right. You know it's listener confession time, baby. So sing it with me. Let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. Hey, it's uh, just me again. I will be narrating this story, which comes in from one of my favorite listeners who wishes to remain anonymous. She sent this one in a while back, and I just remembered it when I was writing this episode fits in well with the theme of this particular show. Okay, I'm being her now. I had a deadbeat boyfriend a few years ago. Well, in late 2009 to be exact. This dickhead was, among many things, a petty criminal. He also turned out to be a thief, a junkie, and a piece of shit. All of which I found out later, and the hard way. Takes me a while to realize all this. I stayed with the dick for seven and a half years. Anyway... He would pretty much think that if it was not bolted to the ground, it was his. But even then at times, he would give it a go to take something even when it was bolted down. 
He also fancied himself to be an amateur safe cracker. Oh yeah. So he heard through the grapevine that there was a shop in town that had a safe full of money and he was itching to get his grubby paws on it. I tried to stop him, but he never listened to me and would do what he wanted anyway. So on this occasion, I ignored him, hoping the whole time he would be caught in the act and I would get rid of him. Anyway, he was trying to get into this safe for five hours or so and then calls me up and says he is nearly in. After me telling him he was a fucktard and a few more heated words between us, he hung up on me and went back to it. Then about three hours later, he comes home and says nothing. Only thing he was doing was eating a lollipop. After a few more hours, he finally ended up letting me know what happened during the evening. He explained that he got into the safe, and then there was another safe inside of it. He thought, payday for sure. Then he broke into that safe and opened it up, and he didn't get a payday like he was expecting. All he got was a lollipop. (laughs) I laughed and laughed at the dickhead. Sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. But thank God I won and left the dumb arse and haven't looked back. I have not seen or spoken to him for years now, and I never want to. I have erased him from my life, and I am so glad. Okay, I'm back to being Leroy again. Whew. You miss me? Okay, great story. Oh, the ups and downs of being an amateur safecracker. I bet. How about that store owner, though? The guy puts a safe inside of a safe all to hold a single lollipop. Sounds like a guy I want to hang with. I bet he was the one starting the rumors, too. Hey, I hear there's a safe full of cash in the back. And then the deadbeat. (laughs) And then the safe cracker. What a sucker. Just picturing the guy angrily licking that lollipop makes me smile. Good stuff. Send your crime confessionals to excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com. And you could have your story played on the air. I was actually thinking it doesn't even have to be a confession. Maybe you were at a bank when it was robbed. I'd love to hear about that experience. Or maybe you've given a lot of thought to robbing a bank yourself. What's your brilliant plan? Let me know. I'd love to hear it. Okay, before we get out of here, I have a promo to play for a true crime podcast with an interesting twist. It's called Murderous Miners, and it's hosted by my pal War Baby. Best name in the business. Murderous Miners is about kids who've killed. That's right. Youngsters under the age of 18 who have taken lives. It's truly terrifying stuff. But interesting and important to explore. The why and the how. She gets into the circumstances leading up to it. It's fascinating stuff. But I'll let her tell you all about it in a moment. As for myself, I'll be back in your ears with more scum in about 10 days. Bye bye for now. Alright, take it away, war baby. Just so you know, this show is about scary stuff. So don't say I didn't warn you guys. And remember, don't be scared. Murderous Miners brings true tales of children who have killed. Premeditated murders. Accidental killings and deaths. From toddlers to 18-year-old killers, no one is too young to take a life. Join me, War Baby, as I try to tell these stories 
of the young who've killed, the lives they took, and even the ones who've been left behind. Why do children kill? What do we do with young killers? And do they kill again? And until next time, don't be scared. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.